Welcome today to Morsels from the Throne Room of God with Ty and Betsy Tice. Today's podcast is part two of what to do when everything seems absolutely hopeless. Numbers 21, 16 through 18. And from here, they continued to beer. That is the well where the Lord said to Moses, assemble the people that I might give them water. Then Israel sang this song, spring up, O well, sing to it. The well which the leaders sang which the nobles of the people dug with the scepter and with their staffs. Without question, the most critical concern for those who travel in the desert is water. It's not hard to understand why the extreme temperature and excessive heat drains the body of its necessary fluids. This requires depleted body fluids to be frequently replenished, which in turn requires an abundant supply, or at least a sufficient supply of water. But that's the problem. There is little water to be found in the desert. The pressure of the moment drains everything out of you. Your joy, your strength, your faith, your hope, your encouragement, your anointing, you end up depleted. More than anything else, you need spiritual replenishing. But the thing you need the most is what you have the least. You desperately need joy, but the trial that you're in is not only taking your joy, it produces a mindset and attitude of the heart that is not conductive to replenishment of joy. Here's what the Lord said. Assemble the people that I may give them water. And the wilderness represents the place where your need is the greatest and your resources are the smallest. In the wilderness, the first thing you must understand is the most important thing for you to acknowledge is that all your resources put together are totally inadequate. Genesis 21 records the story of Hagar. She departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Bathsheba and the water in the skin was used up and she left the boy under one of the bushes. She was driven out of Abraham's camp by Sarah, his angry and jealous wife. The Bible says that Abraham gave her supplies for the journey, some bread and a skin of water. And then the scripture says, her canteen didn't last too long. It wasn't long before it was used up. But Hagar isn't the only one who's dying in the desert. Ishmael, her son, is perishing as well. 
she left him under the bushes and turned her back on him because she couldn't bear to see him die. Ishmael was a son of promise. He was not the son of promise. That was Isaac. However, there, this wasn't the first time Hagar had fled into the wilderness. In Genesis 16, she fled from Sarah into the desert. When the Lord found her, she was near a spring of water on the way to Sir, and the Lord instructed her to return to Abraham's house. He gave her a promise, Behold, you are with child, and you shall bear a son, and you shall call him Ishmael, and I will greatly multiply your descendants, that they shall be too many to count. From all appearances, she didn't even know she was pregnant. She called the place Berahalia, the wall, the well of the living one who has seen me. God gives the promise of a future and a hope. Ishmael is the symbol of that hope, our hope. Ishmael represents the promise of our God to Hagar. He is her history. He is her future. He is the child born out of intimacy with Abraham, the fruit of her womb, her offspring. He is representative of a divine destiny, of an eternal purpose, of a God-given promise of hope for tomorrow, a reason for living. On her first journey into the wilderness, she had been located a spring of water. She drank from the Berhalar, the well of the living one who had seen her, but this time, no water can be found. What little she brought with her was gone. She had nothing to quench her thirst, and the sun con continues to brutalize her and her child. Her child is weeping, and she cannot bear the sound of the tears. She cries too, perhaps, with the hope that the sound of her weeping will draw out his, will drown out his. As he lays dying in the wilderness, Hagar turns her back on him, on her future, her hope, her destiny, the promise God had given her. She abandons all hope. She surrenders her future. She renounces the promise. Their situation is absolutely hopeless. Hagar and Ishmael will die unless God does something. She cannot squeeze another drop of water from the canteen. She cannot find water. There is nothing that she can do to get out of this mess. And God heard the lad cry. And the angel called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter with you, Hagar? Do not fear, for God 
has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him by the hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. In her despair, she could see nothing to live for, had no hope of tomorrow. She had completely forgotten God's promise to her, but God had not forgotten. I will make a great nation of him. In her perishing condition, she could find no relief, but God provided a well. He showed her a spring of water, a spring in the desert. That's what happens in the wilderness. What little bit you have is soon used up. I can guarantee you that whatever resources you have, they are insufficient for the journey of life ahead of you. I can assure you that no matter how strong you think you are, no matter how smart you think you are, no matter how organized you may be, no matter how clever your plans, if you live long enough, you'll eventually come to a place in life where your supply is gone. In the scorching sun, you're drained not only of your vitality for today, but the hope of tomorrow. And that perishes as well. Under the stress and the strain, you abandon your dreams. You surrender to hopelessness. It seems there remains no hope of a meaningful and purposeful life. Yet, can you remember when God's promise to you was given? Numbers 21.17 says, Then Israel sang this song, Spring up, O well, sing to it. Their partnership with God began with a spade and it continued with a psalm, or as we say today, a song. They started with a shovel and they finished with a song. When Israel came through the Red Sea on the other side, the children of Israel sang a song of victory. Miriam played the tambourine as they sang after the fact. It seems to me, however, that this song is sung before the fact. It is possible that the song is calling for the water to come forth. Sing to it! Spring up, O well! The song is addressed to the well. It seems that the song is a summons to the stream, the place of limited supply and restricted resources to cross over where he commands you to sing and to sing this, spring up, oh well. This wasn't the only time God gave this similar instruction. In 2 Kings 3, 4, King Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom joined together with the king of Jerome of Israel to fight against Moab. Their troops came together in the wilderness of Edom 
Their men searched for seven days, trying to find water, but no water for the men or for the cattle. What shall we do? Call the prophet. In 2 Kings 3, 15 through 18, but now bring me a minstrel. And it came about when the minstrel played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of trenches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see the wind, nor shall you see the rain, yet the valley will be filled with water, so that you shall drink, both you, your cattle, and your beast. And this is not a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. He shall also give Moabites into your hand. The prophet called for the minstrel, a musician. When the song began, the spirit moved upon the prophet and a miraculous abundance of water flowed mysteriously into the valley of ditches that were dug, though there be no wind, no rain, but enough water for the armies of the three nations and all their livestock. Don't underestimate the power of the song. Scientists and evolutionists say that the universe began with a bang, but I would suggest to you, <laughs> or no, it didn't. It began with a song. Where were you when I laid the foundation of earth? In Job 38, 4, 7, tell me if you have understanding who set the measures since you know, or who stretched a line on it, or what were the bases sunk? or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. That, my friend, is the true creation message. The Bible says that in the evil spirit minute, when the evil spirit tormented King Saul, that he traveled like a madman in the midst of his house and he raved away. The scripture says that David came with his harp. The sweet singer in the Israel came with a song, and the demon was driven away, and Saul was refreshed. Second Chronicles 20, Moab, Ammon, and Mount Seir came against Jehoshaphat when they went to battle with the choir on the front lines. The singers danced and played and sang and the armies of the three nations fell on the battlefield. Habakkuk struggled mightily with God. He waited in the watchtower for the Lord to speak to him. He was granted an awesome revelation of God's power and majesty. He merged with a song and an indescribable suffering, he sang, Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19, though the fig tree shall not blossom and there be no fruit on the vine, though the yield of the olive shall fail 
though the field shall produce no food, though the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there be no cattle in the stalls, yet I will exalt the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. Jesus broke the bread and blessed the cup and gave it to his disciples in the upper room. When that first communion meal was completed, the Bible says that Jesus sang a song. And after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. He faced the cross with a song. The shadow of death hung over his head, yet he sang. Soon nails would be driven into his hands and feet. His enemies would abuse him. His friends would desert him. And he would carry the sins of the world. And the Father would forsake. Yet Jesus sang a hymn. But most likely, it was one from the group of the Psalms known as the Halal. They were sung during the week of Passover. The song that would be sung on that day and that week was the 118th song. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His loving kindness is everlasting. From my distress I called upon the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. It is the Lord is my strength. He is my song. He has become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. This is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The Lord is God and he has given us light. Bind the festival sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. Thou art my God and I give thanks to thee. Thou art my God and I extol thee. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his loving kindness is everlasting. Two preachers went to Philippi. They were beaten and put into prison but at midnight they sang praises unto God. The song can defeat many armies without fighting a shot, without firing a shot. The song can face nails and death and still say, the Lord is good for his loving kindness is everlasting. The song can release the power of heaven upon the prison doors and set the captives free. The song can fill a wilderness with water. The song can summit forth the well to spring up in your soul. And the song can break the power of the enemy 
and drive the demons away. And I say tonight to you, my brothers, my sisters, spring up, O oh well, spring up. For the Lord, your God, is your answer. He is your reviver. He is your source. He is your completion. Take heart in that his promises are never denied. And his promises will come forth for each of you in this very day. God bless you. Walk with the hope and not with despair. For your source is there to fill you by his Holy Spirit and to then flow up in you to revive your soul and to rejoice in your spirit. Spring up, oh well. God bless you and go with you this day.